0: You're listening to the Niners Bros, your home for post-game analysis, correcting media narratives, and keeping you up to date on all things San Francisco 49ers. What's up guys, I'm Michael Ditchfield.
1: And I'm David Ditchfield, and we are the Niners Bros. On today's episode, we break down a historic trade deadline in the NFL, as well as going over the 49ers 31-14 whipping of the Rams, their fourth consecutive regular season sweep of the Rams. It's a good feeling. But uh, before we get into our usual breakdowns and game flow and drive-by-drive analysis, let's talk a little bit about the trade deadline. Uh, Before today even came, the 49ers obviously made the biggest move by going out and getting Christian McCaffrey, but other playoff and playoff hopeful teams have been aggressive too. Eagles adding Robert Quinn uh, and the Ravens adding Roquan Smith just yesterday. But An eventful day for sure. Um, Some other big names that were traded Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins, who seem to really be pushing it all in. They're actually out of first round picks from the Trey Lance (laughs) trade. They've really been spending it.
0: Yeah, it's funny. And I think most notably for listeners of this podcast, of course, is the trade of Jeff Wilson. So for once, those media narratives were actually correct. There was a lot of chatter saying that the 49ers were shopping Wilson and that they were listening for offers. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan once again came out and said what they always say, that we will always listen to offers for any player. It doesn't matter, but the offer has to be good for us. We're not just going to give you Jimmy Garoppolo. We're not just going to give you Debo Samuel. So in this case, the 49ers do get a fifth-round draft pick from the dolphins and jeff wilson goes to a bunch of familiar faces in miami sure and a fifth round pick for the 49ers is like a first round pick yeah it seems like we do better in the fifth round just a couple of names off the top of my head in the fifth round george kittle Dre greenlaw who's leading the team in tackles um hufanga in the fifth round so yeah the fifth round seems to be kind of like the sweet spot for us and jeff wilson moving forward With the return of Elijah Mitchell and uh, Christian McCaffrey, of course, being the starting running back, there were not going to be a whole lot of opportunities for Wilson moving forward. And while he didn't demand a trade, Wilson said that he was hoping to kind of maintain that feature role. And John Lynch came out today and said that uh, Jeff Wilson is not only one of his favorite players, but one of his favorite people on earth. And... He said he felt like it was a good situation, a mutual thing, where he was going to get more of an opportunity to shine in Miami than he was here in San Francisco. And I think mcdaniel is as creative as anybody out there when it comes to the running game so if anybody can maximize his potential it's mcdaniel
1: it gives them a bit of a lightning and thunder element too they already have raheem mostert over there so a little bit of uh, violence to go with the the pure speed from mostert
0: and they needed to pick up somebody as well because they traded Edmonds as well out of their backfield so the the, uh dolphins were suddenly short in the running back room overall do you like the trade a fifth rounder for for jeff wilson do you like the value it's a little risky in that Christian McCaffrey has a history of missing a lot of games. Elijah Mitchell now in a very early career has missed a lot of games. So without so, him. So has Jeff Wilson. That's Seems to the be thing. I mean, yeah, Occupational Jeff, hazard. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Wilson has gotten hurt just as much as any of those guys. So it's risky to let a guy like that go. But you do have JP Mason as well, which if you're never going to use him They were so concerned about losing him after the preseason that they cut Trey Sermon, and they said, this is the guy that we want to keep, and he has not seen the field at all. That being said, again, if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, Elijah Mitchell gets hurt again, and J.P. Mason is the only back on your roster, I would say that's certainly concerning, but you can always go back and pick up Tevin Coleman, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Off the scrap heap. Yeah, a lot of consternation online from Jeff Wilson fans and apologists saying that a fifth round pick is not enough for a starting caliber running back. um, Interestingly, Lowell Cohn, the retired. San Francisco beat writer, uh, he was asked to describe the trade in a word, and his word was appalling. So, if anyone's wondering where Grant gets his hyperbolic style from, um, appalling to trade uh, your, your third best running back for, for a fifth round pick in a contract year, no less. You know, I don't know that Jeff Wilson was going to get more than, e- even if McCaffrey got hurt. I don't know that Wilson was going to get more than 60 or 70 touches between now and the end of the year. So to argue that a fifth round pick in exchange for 60 touches of Jeff Wilson this year is a bad value. I just, I don't agree with it. And another thing for me when I saw not just the trade, but some of the reactions of people who were upset about it and saying, well, you know, what if McCaffrey gets hurt? I hate to break it to you, but the goal is to win Super Bowls, and if McCaffrey gets hurt, we're probably not making the playoffs anyway. I mean, Jeff Wilson, you could say, you can't trade a starting running back. Well, he's been our starting running back before this week when McCaffrey just went nuclear. How did the 49ers offense look to you? Did it did it look good with, with Jeff Wilson as the starter? Did it look like, like we were going to compete for a Super Bowl?
0: We've talked about this just about every week. You know, Jeff Wilson has made some phenomenal plays for the 49ers over the years. He's a popular locker room guy. Uh, Kittle famously described him as going to this dark place where he just kind of goes into his own version of beast mode when he's out there on the field. And that's the kind of toughness and the mentality that you love to have in your players and in your teammates. He had that amazing catch in 2019 in that uh, shootout in the desert at Arizona. Sure. But aside from that, he's been okay to good this year. Mm -hmm. There's a statistic that says he's in the top 10 in terms of Yards over expectation, but when you're watching the game, he's not hitting the holes that he should be hitting as aggressively as he is. He's definitely a north and south runner, and one of the reasons that we cut Trey Sermon was because all he did was kind of dance and hop around in the backfield waiting for a hole to materialize, and he never got north and south. So I think Jeff Wilson is kind of hearing that, and he's gone the other direction where he is so north and south. He's not being patient. He's not hitting those holes. He's running into his own blockers instead of waiting for the, the play to materialize. So again, he's been good. He's been reliable. But the offense has been stale. We have not seen those explosive run plays, those huge chunk plays where you keep the drives alive with a first down run after first down run. The Niners offense just hasn't been that way with him at the helm.
1: Yeah. And again to my point, if McCaffrey does go down, then that's that's probably your season anyway when you look at at what a difference he makes in this offense. So to argue that letting go of Jeff Wilson when all you'll get is a fifth rounder next year and it doesn't help you win this year. It's like, well, I hate to break it to you, if you really need Jeff Wilson that badly, you are not going to beat the Chiefs or the Bills or anyone else in the Super Bowl very likely anyway. You're going to you're going to need a miracle. So
0: there's so many people in the Twitterverse Complaining about how the 49ers didn't need Christian McCaffrey. Like, what are they doing trading for him in the first place? Yeah. And, you know, if he gets hurt, then that's going to bolster their argument. But if he stays healthy, my goodness. Um, he's kind of a one of one at that running back position where he can play slot wide receiver. He really did it all. He was the 49ers offense in this game. We're going to talk about that in depth in just a bit, but sure. A couple uh, finishing
1: touches on the trade deadline uh, today. Some things that were interesting in the NFC North, um, the bears went out and got chase Claypool from the Steelers. Interesting to see the Steelers kind of sell a little bit and and for the bears to actually, you know, (laughs) buy and give, give their quarterback an option, you know?
0: Well, yeah, I think you're seeing some signs of improvement from fields and I think they're committed to him enough and serious enough about it that they want to make sure that they actually give him some weapons outside of Dante Pettis.
1: Also interesting to see the Lions uh, trade TJ Hawkinson. I will contend that there is no worse value other than perhaps a running back in the first round than for a team to pick a tight end. That, that, uh, unless it's okay, like Rob Gronkowski has been great, but whenever a team picks a tight end in the first round, they just they never seem to make it to a second contract they wear out or they they become the third or fourth option in their offense so interesting to see the lions just kind of punt on that project and the vikings get someone to pair with with jefferson so we'll see a lot of teams perhaps influenced by the rams really going for it last year that whole philosophy of being more aggressive it was certainly the most active trade deadline um, in the last 30 years with 12 different players traded so enough on the trade deadline let's get right into the 49ers game against the Rams we're going to take you through some of the storylines coming in not that much to talk about really from the Rams for them the biggest storylines were just that they were coming off of a bye week and how would they respond um, in their home stadium and would they have to go on a silent count again with a, a sea of red we we saw in the hours leading up that once again 49ers fans really showed out so, yeah Levi's South they call it Levi's South don't you just love that That's so fantastic uh, for the 49ers the biggest storylines you know Garoppolo and Shanahan 7-0 and against the Rams um, coming into this game over the last four years um, and how would the offense look with a full week of McCaffrey being integrated into the offense uh, but also how would it look without Debo and Jennings who both missed this game that's a big deal
0: yeah that's a little scary uh, Debo I think was announced first and then was followed by Jennings as inactive for this game and That leaves you with Brandon Ayuk and Ray-Ray McLeod and Danny Gray, which is not exactly an ideal situation. But when you have McCaffrey... That just basically is the cure for all ills.
1: I think you kind of knew that this was going to be a McCaffrey game, just realizing, you know, especially how good Debo has been against the Rams and also how clutch, you know, Jennings has been on third down. And for anyone who was like, oh, you know, those guys aren't going to play. This is going to be Danny Gray or or Ray Ray's time to shine. I think you and I, in talking about it, we said there's just no way the 49ers are going to risk that. This is going to be, you have to imagine it's going to be a lot of McCaffrey, a lot of Kittle, and. And a, and a lot of IU Unfortunately, that's what happened so let's jump right in first drive of the game the Rams go three now which is just so good to see especially after the Chiefs game last week where they just scored touchdowns at will it was so nice to see the 49ers get off the field right away
0: and they start the game Ebicom against his former team beats his man has a great tackle for loss on the first play uh, then he kind of broke up a sort of a botched screen on on second down and then on third down they try another screen So that was a very sort of ultra-conservative look. Coming out of the bye week, I would have expected something a little bit more complex, but that was certainly a sign of things to come as the Rams went very screen-heavy to try and avoid the 49ers pass rush.
1: Sure. 49ers first drive. McCaffrey actually opened in the slot, which is really interesting uh, with Wilson, I believe, in the backfield. Um, But from there, McCaffrey had three carries and a catch. Uh, there was a failed deep shot to Ray Ray where he didn't really go up for the ball. And that seems to be a recurring problem for the 49ers. Like not only do we not have people who win jump balls, we have people who don't find the ball or seem to attempt it. So, you know, a punt there gives it right back to the Rams and then super hard to watch, but they go on a 17 play, nine minute and 21 second drive. (laughs) That was rough. Uh, But if you didn't get to watch the game, it wasn't what you would really expect for a 17 play drive. Eight of those plays occurred, Once the Rams had already gotten down to uh, the 10 yard line and the drive is just extended by a couple sort of ticky tack uh, kind of penalties on the 49ers one on Ambry Thomas that negated a a Hufunga. Uh, interception but Mooney Ward was hurt on that drive temporarily which is kind of scary because we know how critical he is to the 49ers defense but ultimately Stafford ends up punching it in on a run there a bad angle from Hufunga Rams go up seven to nothing just a lot of screens and quick passes in that drive as as was foreshadowed in the first drive
0: yeah it was encouraging though on that drive obviously it ended in a touchdown but it was nice to see Mooney Ward come back into the game and did not surrender a touchdown to Cooper cup. Usually cup is just a touchdown machine against us, especially. So they did go for a fade in that drive. Mooney Ward covered it nicely. Um, so Stafford had to overthrow it a little bit because of the tight coverage. So that was good to see at least somebody being competitive in coverage against Cooper cup. Sure. That's not something that we're used to seeing. And on the running play, you have to give Stafford a lot of credit. Um, it was a really good play. Hufanga kind of drifted back into the end zone on that one and really what he needed to do was basically hold the goal line he didn't have any respect for Stafford's legs it's like it didn't occur to him that he was going to try and run that so as he's drifting into the end zone in coverage that's when Stafford goes he makes his move he deeks him out a little bit Hufanga again is coming from the end zone it's a bad angle and uh, McVeigh on the sidelines after that touchdown was really hyped up and he was saying like that was a, a big time play uh, for Stafford, which it certainly was to show that tenacity and and grit to take it into the end zone.
1: Sure. So 49ers are down seven nothing. They come back and they start their second drive with a false start from Trent Williams, which you know he hardly ever makes mistakes. But looking at first and 15 after a nine minute and 21 second drive, you just kind of want to pull your hair out a little bit. But then they get to a third down and McCaffrey makes probably one of the most impressive. Um, third down conversions you'll ever see where it was just a short catch but it was one of those kind of you know where he started out in the backfield and leaked out sort of an option route and he did a couple things that you just don't see very often the first was he actually ran in between Trent Williams and the defensive end because it was sort of a quicker path out to his route um, and it sort of disrupted the pass rush which was nice always nice when when that happens but then he also stopped on a dime and left a a linebacker on the ground and broke a tackle from Jalen Ramsey to pick up the first down so it was only a seven yard gain but that was an elite seven yard gain and I know one thing that we talked about is with McCaffrey you may look at the stats and and say okay well he's a really good player but I think it's more than just the numbers. It's the way he arrives at those. So many of his seven-yard gains in this game or nine yards or 11-yard gains. If you're just looking at the numbers, you don't realize those should have been two-yard gains or three-yarders, and just unbelievable that he was able to pick up that third down.
0: And I think Kittle said it best, actually, after the game when he was kind of asked about comparing Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, and he said, Debo is one of those guys that's going to run through you. He's going to run through two guys. Um, and McCaffrey is more slippery. So it's kind of he basically said, like, what do you prefer? What do you like? Do you like a guy who's more slippery or a guy who breaks more tackles? Obviously, Debo is very slippery as well, but it's true. He is definitely more of a power runner, whereas McCaffrey is all finesse, makes you miss. He can break tackles as well. As you said, we saw that. and it's just so nice on third down to know that as a safety valve, you have a legitimate chance of picking up a first down. I don't know that you can say that with any other running backs in the room.
1: He's the only running back for sure, maybe the only player, especially with Debo Hurt, on our team who converts that into a first down because he was hit by... Or, or chased by, by two or three different defenders before he, he made it past the sticks. So really impressive stuff there. You mentioned Kittle. It was nice to see him get a 23-yard catch on that drive. And the drive ends with a 34-yard pass actually from McCaffrey. It was a really perfectly executed trick play where Garoppolo throws it uh, out to McCaffrey, you know, out near the sideline, but but a, a nice backward pass and then McCaffrey hits Ayuk perfectly in stride. Probably sorry Jimmy, but probably the best deep ball from any 49ers thrower this
0: year. Yeah, it was a pretty beautiful spiral and it was right there. <laughs> <laughs> he makes it look so easy, but there's a lot of stuff that has to go right in that play. As you said, obviously it has to start with a lateral because if it's a forward pass, then McCaffrey does not have the option to throw it. But Ayuk went the the real key to it is Ayuk selling the run. So he didn't make contact with the defender, but he goes up and puts his hands up in a stance like he's about to block him. And then as soon as that guy bites, he just takes off and he's open for miles. Shanahan, after the game, compared it to a play where Debo threw a touchdown to Juwan Jennings yeah. last year. And it was in the air for so long. <laughs> yeah, Jennings, you know, that's that's one of those feelings where you're so excited because you know it's a touchdown and it feels like it takes two days for the ball to actually come down and and hit you in the hands. But Ayuk did a really nice job adjusting to that ball in the air. He got a little bit turned around, but made a great catch, and uh, boy, the the crowd was sure into it at that point.
1: Yeah, it definitely sounded as loud or louder than it would be at Levi's at that point. And give Ayuk credit, too. One of the reasons why that play works is that he has become so aggressive in run blocking Mm -hmm. that there was no reason for the defender to – to not bite on that that play out to McCaffrey. So really good stuff there to tie the game. Uh, after that, the Rams come back with the drive where they just feed Cooper Cup like crazy for four throws to him on that drive, um, including a touchdown over Oren Burks, which you have to think that that's just some good play calling or play design. I can't imagine that 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 was the defensive call was for Oren Burks to be matched up one and one on cup. And it, it is crazy to me how many touchdowns he has when you would think like, how, how does Cooper cup ever have a touchdown in the red zone <laughs> when every NFL team knows, okay, well this one's going to cup and still, still he does it.
0: Well, we definitely did a little bit more zone in this game. Traditionally, we've done man coverage on Cooper cup, whether it's Jimmy Ward or K one Williams or somebody else, we've done a lot of man coverage on him and there were definitely some more zone concepts and on that particular touchdown, that was definitely more of a zone look where Oren Burks is kind of just in no man's land a little bit. Uh, Stafford looked very impressive in the first half. That was a very impressive throw. He was throwing darts in the first half.
1: And that was another five-minute drive. So at that point, the Rams go up 14-7. to seven. Uh, The 49ers come back, and there's a, a catch by Ray Ray where there's a roughing penalty. It kind of looked like Ronnie Locke
0: coming across the middle just kind of decked him. And that was a heck of a catch. You know, we've talked about how he is not great at going up and high pointing on those deep balls. That was a really really dangerous throw to make from the receiver's perspective, but kudos to him. He he took an absolutely massive shot and hung on to the ball and he got the penalty as well. I'm not a huge fan of that rule, you know, everyone likes seeing those big hits, but that was just a textbook call of a hit on a defenseless receiver. He couldn't get his head around and you get smashed in the head and neck area so that's an easy call for the refs to make
1: yep so overall that was kind of a slower drive I mean McCaffrey had five touches and they did move the ball um, but it stalled out and they ended up settling for a field goal that was only the 49ers third possession in that half because the the previous Rams touchdown drive was another one that went over five minutes so between nine minute drive you know, in the first quarter and then another five minute drive, just a lot of clock being eaten up. So there wasn't really much time left. The Rams didn't really attempt to score, but they go into halftime uh, ahead 14 to 10 on the 49ers. So as a fan, you know, you go into halftime and you're thinking, well, we had only three drives the offense had some moments that looked nice cool trick play and things like that but we're still only scored 10 points we're on pace to score 20 points or less again
0: and you would have liked to have seen that uh, that other possession end in a touchdown of course instead of a field goal that's been an issue for us we were in the kansas city game for a while until we just had too many field goals and not enough touchdowns couldn't stay up with the chiefs in that game so definitely a little concerning to see that especially when you look at how bad the 49ers have been coming out of halftime, and really in the second half, their offense, their yards per play, the scoring has just been really poor in the second half. So you'd like to go in at the half tied, but at least you'll take the points and you know that you're getting the ball back. I think the way the second half
1: went in this game is just a reminder, too, of how foolish it is to overreact on a Sunday You know, a lot of people were saying, well, you know, D'Amico Ryans can kiss that head coaching job goodbye. He's not making any adjustments. Look at how the screen game is tearing us up, and they tore us up last week. And, you know, certainly the Rams did have two touchdowns on their three drives, but that ended up being all they had, you know, in the entire game. They finished with those 14 points, whereas the 49ers just completely caught fire in the second half. So um, first drive of the second half, McCaffrey uh, with a 25-yarder, the, they didn't score on the opening drive in the second half, we should say. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo did get sacked on third down, and they, they punted. But then the Rams had like a weird eight-play 32-yard drive where they ended up punting. 49ers come back, and McCaffrey gets a little bit lucky on a, a, a fumble that just pops up into the air and never even hits the ground. It just falls into Ray Ray's arms, so thank goodness for that.
0: Yeah, we're not used to seeing those go our way ever, so that was uh, a nice surprise.
1: But after that, they picked up between McCaffrey and, and Wilson. They were kind of subbing in and out, um, but they picked up three first downs. And then um, the first third down of the drive actually happened on the Rams' uh, nine-yard line. They really were very efficient in moving the ball well. Um, a lot of positive gains, you know, no no wasted plays. Um, and then on third down, protection holds up, Garoppolo you know, first option's not there. Second option's not there. Third option's not there. Fourth option's not there. Fifth option finally looks out and sees McCaffrey in the flat. McCaffrey instinctively heads for the goal line and really a beautiful throw from Garoppolo, kind of layered over. Um, and then McCaffrey gets gets the touchdown catch, and the 49ers go up 17-14.
0: Yeah, and Jimmy in the post game said, yeah, it was a nice throw, but it was an even better catch. <laughs> and It's absolutely right. From a running back, you just don't see a lot of guys making that play. Um, it was interesting. As you said, Jimmy said that, you know, they were asking him, well, what option, you know, what number is he in your progression? And he said, I don't know, five. Yeah. And when you look at it, it's actually true. He's the fifth. If you even want to call it that really, the only reason he's out there is just to make sure that you keep some defenders on that side of the field to open it up for everybody else. He's not even supposed to be in that play. So the Rams just had it really well covered. He saw the space and, one of the things that people harp on Jimmy on all the time is that he misses the open man. He doesn't see the open man. Well, this time he did. He made a beautiful throw. McCaffrey goes up and makes an even better catch. And so now McCaffrey has a passing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. So just a, a pretty pretty good sign of things to come and what he's going to be able to do after one week, one full week sure. with the playbook.
1: Yeah and nice to see them go on an 11 play 88 yard drive i mean that that drive started you know all the way at the 12 so good stuff there um the rams come back and they have a three and out and fred warner gets a sack you started to see D'Amico ryan's really make the adjustments where you know he had been bringing some pressure but instead of just blitzing with one he he blitzed sometimes with two defenders he he, he blitzed with six often in the second half and warner got home for the sack rams have to punt it right back after that long 49ers drive
0: and we talked about this last week so D'Amico has been calling blitzes on second down a lot. And what did we see in this game? McVeigh was throwing screens on second down constantly again. So I think the word is kind of getting out. Uh, D'Amico is going to have to either mix that up a little bit or disguise that uh, disguise that coverage. Cause he's been doing safety blitzes or corner blitzes on second down a lot. And The Rams were really successful in the first half, getting the ball out quickly, um, getting those screens. And then in the second half, they either weren't as successful or they basically just kind of abandoned that. Uh, Cooper Cup celebrated Halloween two quarters early because he was tearing it up in the first half. And I think he had like one catch for less than 10 yards in the second half. Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. He's just beat up the 49ers every single time. So it was really strange that they were not able to get the ball to him at all in the second half.
1: And nice to see if the if the pass rushers aren't getting home. You know, okay, nice to see that blitz really, really producing. And Fred Warner had a big game. This was one where Alshair is still hurt, Greenlaw was out, and he yep. played really well in this game. Nice to see him get the sack there. Four downers get the ball back, and after a, a, a sort of a... It was a seven-yarder, a nine-yarder from McCaffrey. The Rams shove him like way late out of bounds. Late. And they you started to see the Rams get chippier and chippier. They do not like the 49ers, but they were also starting to not like each other. They were getting very frustrated with each other. Uh, just a really idiotic play from them. And then later, McCaffrey with a, a beautiful 24-yard run, just very shifty. A big hole for sure, but just really, really managed to get out. the corner for a 24 yarder all the way down to the one yard line and I liked that the 49ers didn't take him out and bring in TDP or something let him finish it and they did they handed it to him touchdown makes it 24 to 14 and McCaffrey has a hat trick
0: yeah the trifecta that was just amazing to see again for all those people who are saying we don't need McCaffrey and what are we doing trading for him (laughs) I mean what more can you say he passes for a touchdown he gets a beautiful unbelievable catch for a touchdown and then punches it in from the one after a brilliant rush uh, that didn't quite make it there. So, yeah, three touchdowns. I think they said the last uh, person to do that was Ladanian Tomlinson in 2005. There's only been one other running back that's ever even accomplished that. And, again, guys, he has been on the team for a week and a half. Sure. Exciting stuff. Rams get the ball back and Allen Robinson picks up a first down
1: but then is hit with a taunting penalty so they actually lose yardage on it. I didn't really care for that. I, I, I think it was a little bit whiny, you know, the, the uh, because not not because it wasn't taunting but because the flag wasn't thrown until the 49ers begged for it to be thrown. They're like, he's taunting us, he's taunting us. Refs throw the flag and then the 49ers celebrate but don't get called for <laughs> celebrating the taunting penalty. I don't know. That was just kind of a, that was a very woke, wimpy kind of, well, the officials kind of in
0: the first half, they did miss two delays of game. Sure. Um, which, I, that one drives me nuts. When the clock goes to zero and the center hasn't snapped it, it's a delay of game. I'm not sure what they're looking at, like how you miss that so often, but that's something you see in lots of, lots of NFL games is those missed uh, delay of game calls. They also missed that one we referenced earlier where Jimmy kind of got punched in the face and then got his face mask, like almost ripped the helmet off, didn't get that call that was one of the uh one of the uh three sacks that the rams had there
1: i will say that drive featured one of the most important plays in the whole game that people are not going to really realize when you look at the box score and you see the the final score but on third down the rams dial up a really clever play to tyler higby where the defender gets completely lost in traffic The nearest defender to Higby is probably Hufunga, like, I don't know, 10 or 15 yards away, and with his momentum going in the wrong direction, if Higby catches that, he's probably got 60 yards of daylight for a touchdown, which would have made the score, you know, uh, it would have made it a three-point game, and instead, he just flat drops it, and McVeigh is in that shot. You can see him just lose it, like, how do you drop that ball?
0: And the game for all intents and purposes is over at that point. That was a dagger. You could just feel that such a huge missed opportunity. And the throw was behind Stafford sort of took credit or took the blame, if you will, for that, uh, for that play. But that is certainly one you, you would expect to have. If Jimmy had thrown that ball, I would be saying the receiver needs to catch it. So, you know, that's great of Stafford to take the blame for that, but for my money, that's on Higby. He's got to catch that, and I'm sure he would tell you the same thing.
1: Rams punted there. They had to. They were still in their own territory, so it would have been way too risky to go for it. But 49ers with a dagger coming right out of that. Pass protection really good again as Garoppolo scans the field and hits Dwelly for a 56-yarder you know, way down the field. Hits him pretty much in stride. Dwelly not the fastest guy. Ramsey certainly caught up to him almost immediately, but that was one of those plays where, you know, we've seen the 49ers dial up a lot of these shock plays where someone like Dwelly or or Juice leaks out, um, and it's a sort of a a trick. That's not what happened. In this particular case, I think it was one where the pass protection was just so good that Garoppolo had all day, and he kind of scanned the middle of the field and all the Rams defenders just instinctively. They uh, were
0: sitting on those short and well, over the middle yeah, routes. Like, who
1: can blame them? But he just had time, and it was like, oh, Ross he's 50 yards down the field. Why don't I throw it to him? Yeah. So just That to, was
0: a nice ball. Yeah. Um, you know, if he had caught that over the shoulder, he probably could have kept running for a, a good ways. Might not have scored, but certainly would have gotten some extra yards. But, of course, the important thing is that you catch that. You just have to catch it, and he did.
1: And let's talk for a moment about darian kendrick number six for the rams he could end up being a really good player in the nfl but this is where that rams philosophy of f them picks comes back to haunt you the rams jalen ramsey is amazing he's an amazing corner the 49ers did not really push or test jalen ramsey but time and again in this game they went after taylor Rapp, or in this case they went after darian kendrick who is a sixth round pick this year so that you're you're going to live with that when you spend, 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 and go crazy front-loading your roster, and then you also don't have any picks to back it up or have depth. Teams, Smart teams will pick you apart and go after your sixth-round rookies all day, and Darian Kendrick did not have a particularly good game. I think, I think that was one where he bit on the early route and just let Dwelly go right past him.
0: When you talk about things going wrong for the Rams, obviously they've had a lot of injuries and instability on their offensive line, but, man, do they need a running back. So (laughs) you talk about the Christian McCaffrey sweepstakes. The Rams were next in line to get him. And boy, are you glad that McCaffrey plays for us and not the Rams? Sure. How different would that game have been?
1: For sure. Later in that drive, Garoppolo throws just a really, really nice floater where he kind of, you know, escapes out of the pocket, extends the play.
0: Just really beautiful. He was rolling to his left on that as well. Jimmy historically has been pretty bad throwing on the run whether it's to the left or the right typically really really bad under throws or he just air mails them but that was a that was a dime it was a perfect pass
1: it was the third straight touchdown drive for the 49ers and at this point Jimmy Garoppolo you have to admit is looking good these are these are really good looking throws he's playing really well three straight touchdown drives uh, to give you a lead of 31 to 14. And from there, the game is basically over. I mean, Bosa had a sack on a on a Rams drive. The 49ers, you know, get the ball back after a punt. They ran it three times with McCaffrey, which if you're going to be upset with anything in this game, fine, you can be upset that McCaffrey should not have been in the game at that point. But Yeah,
0: I was. Uh, basically, it's, again, you're playing on turf. The Rams are running on third and 16 or third and 17, whatever it was, um, with like six or seven minutes left. So at that point, they have clearly given up. It's time to pull your starters get those guys out of there get Jimmy out of there get Christian Kittle iuke like literally Trent Williams get everybody yeah. out of there who's had any kind of injury history or injury concern. so yeah that that uh, gets your blood pressure going just a little bit when you see him running yeah. up the gut and especially stuffed.
1: especially since Cooper cup for the Rams gets rolled up on in the next drive again, in a, in a meaningless part of the game. And yeah. McVay, you know, regretted it afterwards. He said, I shouldn't have had him in there. We shouldn't have been throwing. So that pretty much does it at that point. 49ers win 31 to 14. Just a really impressive game from Jimmy Garoppolo. Moves to 8 and 0 against the Rams in the regular season. Um, 84% completion percentage on 21 of 25 passing. 9.4 yards per attempt and the two touchdowns. But really the story of the game was McCaffrey. I mean, a 34-yard passing touchdown. Um, 18 rushes for 94 yards and a 5.2 yards per carry average with the touchdown and then you know eight catches for 55 yards it's only a 6.9 average but he caught eight of the nine targets so 6.9 is not a great yards per attempt for a quarterback but that's because you're baking in that you know 30 percent of those passes or more are going to be incomplete well if you're completing eight of nine to McCaffrey then then you'll live with that that's a recipe for
0: success for sure so McCaffrey rushed 18 times for 94 yards had 34 yards passing of course and and you already mentioned the receiving numbers there so just kind of wrapping up some of the team statistics uh one of the most amazing stats that I saw after the game was the time of possession yeah so the Rams only had the ball for eight more seconds than the 49ers which just goes to show you how dominant the 49ers second half was They barely touched the ball at all in the first quarter and for them to come all the way back and basically equal that time of possession. That's awesome. That's what you want to see. The Niners finished the game with 111 yards on the ground. The Rams really struggled uh, with only 56 yards rushing as a team and a 2.7 yards per carry average. The Rams have not been able to run against us. We know that they want to, but they can't. Um, They have not found an answer at running back yet. Um, and they really, really struggled. So you talk about how the run game has to open up play action for Stafford as well. Stafford only had 187 yards in this game. Yeah, he did have that that touchdown to cup, but uh, no turnovers in this game. That's pretty unusual for an NFL game as well. Uh, No turnovers from either side. Uh, The yards per play was definitely noticeable. The 49ers had a 7.1 yards per play to only four for the Rams, and that really goes to show you – how much more efficient, how much better the Niners were than the Rams for the majority of this game. Penalties weren't a huge factor for the 49ers. They only had three for eight yards. Yeah, which is delightful. Yeah, Can we we have that every week? That's not something you're going to hear very often. Uh, Three penalties for eight yards, but two of them came on that sort of goal line stand on that 1,700 play drive. (laughs) Um, So in terms of sacks, uh, it was three to two so jimmy got sacked three times uh stafford was sacked twice nick bosa after the game was talking about how there just wasn't a lot of pass rush opportunities which is true they were really focusing on trying to get the ball out quickly with those screens and third downs you know has been a problem for sure for the 49ers they were five for nine in this game versus eight of 13 against the rams so It's just so nice, once again, to have Christian McCaffrey as that ultimate safety valve. Sure. On third down, so many times this season, we have seen Jimmy basically forcing the ball to his first or second read. Oftentimes, it's his first read into double coverage, really highly contested, low percentage throws. So now that you have Christian McCaffrey, that opens it up. I think Jimmy can scan the field, and he knows I've still got a shot to pick this up if I dump it off to McCaffrey but it kind of frees him up to, to look elsewhere on the field, gives him more options.
1: I think ultimately this will always be remembered as the McCaffrey game just because of the three different ways that he scored. But heading into the bye week, the two biggest takeaways for me are that we finally had a game with no injuries, which Shanahan was joking about in the press conference afterward. He said on the injury front, like not, nothing. It's kind of awkward. I don't, I don't know. I don't have any updates for you. So huge to go into the bye week without any nagging injuries. And then I think you also need to take a step back. We rag on Jimmy when he plays poorly. If you are listening to this podcast and you were calling for Brock Purdy, you need to stop. Brock Purdy would not have gone 21 of 25 with 9.4 yards per attempt. 9.4 yards per attempt is an absurd number that you usually reach if you're hitting deep shots left and right, but with not the best completion percentage. He completed 84% of his passes. This was an extremely – it was almost like an Aaron Rodgers-like – event like
0: he looked very calm, very yeah. cool under pressure. Um and again, I think a lot of that is just Christian McCaffrey. You've got so such a sense of security as a quarterback. You're not having to force those throws. I mean, 8 catches. 8 catches for McCaffrey. That's a lot. And that's what this offense has been missing. We don't have that dynamic receiving option. Jeff Wilson has made some great catches over the years, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. There's only one Christian McCaffrey. One really encouraging thing, again, aside from the fact that the 49ers finally actually scored in the second half, uh, they scored 21 of their 31 points in the second half. It was nice to see some offensive creativity. We saw some new looks. Um, part of that was injuries, of course, to, to check. We saw Dwelly in the backfield a few times. There were a lot, a lot of two and three tight end sets, and the tight ends were moving in motion as lead blockers. Before they got set, this was happening multiple times throughout the game. So that was a new look. I think the Rams weren't necessarily ready for that. And it's good to see some creativity. I think there was reason to be concerned that McDaniel was secretly like the creative (laughs) offensive genius behind this running game. Sure, But it looks like Kyle Shanahan definitely... Um, a nice feather in his cap this game was. I think this is a really good time for the bye week to hit.
1: I know Kittle said he wasn't happy about it because he felt like they wanted to keep the momentum going because they finally kind of were on to something. But one thing that's been talked about and sort of hinted about in recent days too is what a change this has been for the coaching staff. You know, we lost so many coaches and offensive assistants and they've been, you know, trying to figure out how to work together too, especially since they spent all offseason trying to work together on how to how to prop up Trey Lance Lance. and it's been really difficult on the fly so even though the players are probably all on vacation I think that this is probably a really good week for the 49ers coaches to get their heads together and say okay Jimmy's the guy you know not only is Jimmy the guy but now we have McCaffrey I expect the 49ers to to go on a run in the second half and there's no reason why they can't Um, especially with so many people you're expecting to return from injury you know Armstead Verrett Debo Jennings um, Mitchell And frankly, four and four, you know, is a bit of a disappointment for the 49ers heading into the bye, but you probably weren't expecting them to be much better than five and three. I mean, everyone thought they were going to lose to Denver and Kansas city for sure. And probably either the Rams once or some other team. So as much devastation as there's been on the injury front, there's certainly a lot of reason to believe that the 49ers can go on a run here, especially when you look at their schedule too. their next five straight games are going to be home games. If you count the Mexico city game where we're technically the host, that's five straight games at home. Um, We're only playing on turf one more time, you know. We're playing, you know, a a really favorable schedule. I think they said
0: we have like the thirtieth hardest schedule. Um, So that's definitely a lot of winnable games. Of course, after the bye, uh, we're going up against the Chargers. So that should be should be a winnable game. The Chargers have not been um, rising to the level of expectations that they set in previous years.
1: Yeah, for sure. And if the season ended today, the 49ers would still be the seventh seed. We would still be qualifying for the playoffs. So a lot of reason for optimism and a lot of reason for hope as we go into the second half. So, Well, that's going to do it for us this week. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter for more 49ers content. We are the Niners Bros, and we will see you next week.